Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Your source for big and talk. It's off tackle. Empire. It's off top of Empire Week Zero Free. Today on Off Top of Empire, college football is back at last, and what better way to dive back into the most tradition-laden sport in the American landscape than a classic Big Ten matchup? Northwestern versus Nebraska. You are looking live at Aviva Stadium in Dublin for some reason, and also at Illinois hosting a great global coach team because. What's the worst that could happen? Yeah, certainly uh, lesser dreams have died to Craig Bull, greater dreams have died to Craig Bull. But uh, you know what? The more interesting matchup, let's not kid ourselves is the new, 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 new game. It's so interesting, I had to crack a beer for it. Coming to you courtesy of Dark Horse Brewing Company in Marshall, Michigan, you know. A little bit of a... That's a we're off to a great start. The way, that, uh, the way that Nebraska is, as every year, a Dark Horse Big Ten West contender. Uh, you know, it's funny that as we were just getting ready to discuss Northwestern Nebraska here, you cracked that beer and it kind of vomited all over you. It's yes, funny that that should come up when we're discussing Scott Frost since we last recorded. Yes, it's funny because this beer is the barrel-aged Scotty Karate Scottish Ale, which uh, definitely wants to fight you, wants you to fight, just wants there to be a lot of fighting. And despite that, this can is all clad in purple. Yeah, and it, so Scotty Karate, obviously the game's not in Scotland, but also another group of people who mostly want to fight the English. So... I, you know, there's some. You see what we're getting at here. You see what we're getting at, and so a week zero schedule really with very little to offer aside from the two Big Ten games. I think there's a non-zero chance. I, you know, look, you, you, there's always a possibility that like UConn, Utah State could turn out to be weird and entertaining, or like Austin Peay, like Western Kentucky is probably going to have a good offense again this year. You could talk yourself into a couple of these other games being interesting, but in terms of actual impact, one. None of the others are a Power 5 conference game. And two, none of the I mean, Wyoming under Craig Bull perhaps hasn't been quite the success that most people thought it would be. No, absolutely not. I, I, I confess I was among them that thought, like, I was really excited about the idea of Wyoming suddenly becoming this, like, sneaky usurper of the Mountain West. Yeah, new pot, like something to challenge Boise State in that established order. It just order. has not happened. It's been completely... Uh, it's a little bit hard to figure out why without knowing that much about what he did at North Dakota State besides dominate, but it's just kind of been this power running and then also having Josh Allen for a hot second. Well, it's not like they really accomplished all that much with Josh Allen. Like, well, yeah, because all, all they did was, remember, we, we both said Josh Allen was going to be one of the biggest draft busts we've seen in a long time because we didn't see anything that he really accomplished at Washington outside of, like, you know, looked like a quarterback. No, he did, he had like Brock Osweiler written all over him that he was tall and he could throw the ball over them mountains, but he couldn't hit a receiver. And then, it, as it turned out, he had a couple of years with Jordan Palmer who turned into the best quarterback coach on the planet. And now he is a pro, an all time, a pro bowler, an all pro. And Palmer is the most sought after quarterback coach in the world. So anyway. As well he should be. Uh, this, this Illinois, uh, I mean... Hammer the under. It's only 44. Um, yeah. I have no idea how it could be because Illinois is, of course, a Big Ten West team, which means they had a bad passing offense last year, and it's going to get worse, perhaps. 
Um, they have a new offensive coordinator, but that doesn't change their lack of receiving options. I mean, specifically, they've got nobody to compliment Isaiah Williams, who's kind of just another back. So... Well, he is, he is a different kind of weapon than anything else they have. He's, even if you compare him to Chase Brown, who has enough receiving skills, didn't use him a lot other than like the little flip to him as he's running out of the backfield. But yeah, Isaiah Williams is a different kind of weapon than anybody else Illinois has. When you, but as, in terms of, as you said, the betting line with an under in the mid-40s, yeah, consider here that Wyoming compared to last year has lost both of their quarterbacks who played any real snaps, as well as their top wide receiver, Isaiah Nair, transferred to Texas, and Zazavian Valade, who transferred to Arizona State. So they've lost a bunch of their weapons off. I'm not I that good. I completely forgot that Valade was gone because that was the only player that you, you tell me his name, I'll tell you who he plays for Wyoming. Yeah, and, and on the other side of the ball, Wyoming was not that great of a defense last year, and they lost a few major pieces in their front seven as well. This absolutely reads like a game where Bielema ball slash Big Ten West ball should work just fine, where even if they put 10 guys in the box with Illinois' offensive line, I, this feels like a heavy dose of Josh McCray kind of game. We're finally um, going to play a bowl game. Yeah, even if Craig Bull had the offensive talent to air it out downfield, he wouldn't. Um, and my point about Williams is not to necessarily take away anything from anything from him but to say that Illinois has a lot of weapons but they as I guess, I guess some weapons but all of them are useful within five yards of the line of scrimmage and there's not really anything that's yeah you know like there there is no deep threat there yeah and it, strong points for Wyoming's roster their offensive line has pretty good continuity and they were okay last year but it look if Wubby Smith left anything for Bielema to work with it was the offensive line and the defensive front seven still carry over there such that you haven't had to worry about finding as many replacements as you did, especially in the offensive skill groups. Did you know that, and I'm, I mean, we, we must have been 2020, but I could definitely insert some qualifier there to make 2020 not count. But outside of 2020, do you know the last time Illinois lost a home opener? Home opener? I can't say that I do. 1997! Wow. Okay. For, for, for a team that I was, I've been doing this preview series for the Champagne Room that's just like a freshman guide to the rest of the Big Ten for people that just don't really know how, they, how to feel about these programs, right? And uh, some of it's been the history. And in all the history versus Illinois recap, in virtually every one of them, I'm like, then after 2001, we've won like one of those 15 matchups since then. <laughs> so in the last one I even noted... I don't know if you can see a pattern here. <laughs> but we haven't won many, many games of these lately. These matchups yeah. <laughs> turned about twenty years ago, <laughs> and uh, yeah, somehow throughout all of that, Illinois has still won all of their home openers outside of the, uh, the the pandemic year one, which was in October against Purdue, if I'm not mistaken. After Graham Mertz gave everybody COVID. Oh yeah, because that was on the road, right? <laughs> Jeez, oh, the memories that you really tried to forget. Of other interests from the Illinois perspective here, new offensive coordinator Barry Lunny Jr. makes his debut. Almost, it, it, is it really anything but decided? I, I don't remember seeing a formal announcement, but it's pretty clear tra- transfer Tommy DeVito is going to be the guy at quarterback, right? They haven't necessarily said anything about that, but like, it, it, <laughs> we're all hoping so. We're all assuming that's the case and hoping so because like, We've kind of seen the limit of what Sitkowski can do. DeVito's got more wheels, which, based on what Lunny did with uh, UTSA last year, is, is going to be a part of it, right? Um, so, honestly, I don't know what to expect from the offense. I kind of expect that, given how important the next Friday's game at Indiana is, uh, if they can just kind of roll over Wyoming's defensive front with some real base, you know, with their bread and butter running plays, they'll just do that. And again, um, seems like they really ought to be able to. Um, what I'm very excited to see is Hugh Robertson, the successor to the uh, best punter I remember seeing in Illinois, for sure. Um, he's a 29-year-old Australian, and so, you know... It'll be interesting to see how he steps into the shoes of a legend. 
Yeah, potentially of other interest in the special teams. I don't think he's expected to start, but Illinois also added a new transfer, um, just trying to appropriate Rutgers culture altogether, not only with Tommy DeVito, but their new punter slash kicker, Fabrizio Pinton. <laughs> so hopefully we'll get to see him in the not-too-distant future. Otherwise, as far as Illinois goes, I mean, what's your feeling on this? I know there's always, like... when. And, there's always the looming possibility that Wyoming is the non-conference opponent that has its best season in 20 years against Illinois. That's always there in the background. I get it. But aside from that kind of looming thing... Well, you see, the thing is, with all the other ones, there were indicators, right? It would pretty much come out of nowhere if it were... Like, last year, at this time... I said UT. I was worried about UTSA. Well, we, yeah, we knew the name Sincere McCormick. Right, but I, like I was worried, like, you know, South Florida when that happened, you could see it coming the year of. Um, Wyoming would be a real shocker if yeah, they again. turned out to if they you know went to a New Year's Six bolted. It, it would be at like at that point. I mean, I, I just start making a living betting off of this kind of shit to happen. I would I would empty my life savings into a Kansas Big Twelve championship next year. <laughs> yeah, because it's there's there's so little menace in Wyoming's roster from an offensive standpoint. Even they they with, have a I mean, stylistically, it's a terrible matchup with Illinois because I mean, for the same reason we beat Minnesota. Minnesota was a much better team playing the same style that we were, but they made mistakes. We scored on our scripted drives, and they just didn't score on us. So, yeah, I really look. I I've made one of the more pessimistic predictions about Illinois for any any Illinois writers that I know of at four and eight. This is one of those wins. So my most pessimistic prediction has us winning this. Will it be comfortable? I don't know, but I don't I don't expect to feel like terribly. Thr- I don't expect. I don't expect to have any thousand-yard stares. Now, that being said, I am, of course, avoiding this because of the specific dream I had about this game <laughs> of me absolutely losing my shit, having a public freakout over the way in which we blew the game on the final drive at the bottom of the East Main grandstands. Is, was that the same dream that got us Brent Bassanet? Uh, no, 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 no. Although... A different uh, dream about... Okay. All right. uh, yeah, I've had several dreams take place at Memorial Stadium. I'm not sure. I mean, it's it's obviously calling me to some extent, but it's it's send it's sending call, mixed call, messages. Yeah, calling, warning away. Uh, it's you know. sending decidedly mixed messages. If we're being perfectly honest. So anyway, we're we're beating around the bush. We we want to talk about Nebraska some more because do we? All right. Because uh, we've kind of been saying how. In theory, they should have run out of ways to lose games last year. They, we, we were on saying, paper, have incredible talent at the skill positions. They've got an offense designed to take advantage of it. Eric Chenander's defense put up its best effort last year. was was really quite solid all around. Uh, was you know physical discipline. They were in position to win basically every game that they played at some point, um, and all of a sudden. Something happened that prompted me to place a big bet on Northwestern Moneyline, and that was Scott Frost coming out and saying that, uh, that yeah, oh yeah, we've got the offensive linemen vomiting, I don't know, 15, 20 times for practice. It's not because they're not in good shape, it's just because we're working them hard, you know, that's good. And he then, he then attempted the most insincere backpedal I've ever seen, just explaining how he's trying to, like... I don't actually mean that. I'm not counting the pukes. I just want everyone to know these guys were working hard and we're proud of them. And so it's like, like it's right, okay, okay. Zero, it was a real it was a, zero number per practice. You have a problem with some. Kind. It was a really specific range to throw out. Even be, I mean, again, 15 to 20. I guess yes, there is a meaningful difference between 15 offensive linemen pukes and 20 because given the number of linemen an average team carries, if it's 15, well, at least maybe every guy's only puking once. But if you get up to 20, somebody's puking at least twice a practice. And that's like, that's Chris Doyle rhabdo territory that we're talking about here. It's 2022. We know damn well from a sports medicine perspective that working someone until they puke is not actually a healthy way to train. And I mean, you know, 
There's also a few, we're a few years from the Jordan McNair uh, situation at Maryland, who was an offensive lineman. Yeah, record heat across the entire country for a large part of the summer, and that's what you're bragging about. It's just... I mean, because I remember Scott Frost being on some real meathead shit around this time last year, and thinking to myself, boy, it'd be fucking hilarious if they came out and lost to Illinois after all of this. <laughs> and now I just feel... Like Northwestern is in is the inevitable victor of this matchup, uh, and it will be it's every bit as stupid as you would imagine it to be. And it's an even year. I mean, that's the other side of this coin is when you think Northwestern is actually back to being bad for good, it turns into an even season. So, no, I'm not. I'm still not. I'm not predicting Northwestern to win this game because. I think at least until the ball is kicked, I have to stand by my offseason prediction that Nebraska wins the West. I sure wish Frost had made those comments before I wrote that particular check, but, you know. So, what so you basically do? what you're doing is you're holding through that earnings report no matter how bad <laughs> all of the rumors coming out about it are going to be because all the fundamentals say this should be a growth stock, <laughs> god damn it. I do, I do, and in the meantime, everyone is just is just meme shorting it. I'm bail, like, bail, no, bail, no, this bail. will work. Total, this will total, work. Total. <laughs> Nebarcus to the moon. Diamond uh, hands got Frost to the moon. There yeah, have been some yeah, interesting yeah. happenings in Ireland, such as uh, apparently Northwestern uh, took over a uh, pub called Fitzsimmons and uh, purpled it up. I saw, to, which is uh, on one hand pretty fun, not gonna lie, but on the other hand, since there's never a bad time to dunk on Pat Fitzgerald. I'm sure they also put a sign out saying, you know, no organized labor, no cell phones, no RPOs, no advocating for global left-wing solidarity, which is going to play real well in Ireland. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. The Irish very much in line with him on those cultural touchstones. The other, yeah, the little red, don't you see? The, the other thing that I saw, I believe just earlier today, is that apparently in Ireland, uh, there's, there's student drivers, young new drivers have to put a red block N in the window to designate that they are a novice to other drivers on the road. And it, you know, from a reason, from any kind of distance, it looks reasonably like the like, red block it's just N. just an aerial bold N. It looks like the one on the helmet, yeah. not the decorative one. Yeah. I never understood why they kept that just extremely plain <laughs> N on the helmet. Like, I don't know, man. It, it, I'm not suggesting that they go word art Wisconsin with it, but... Yeah, so it looks like there's Nebraska fans everywhere in Yeah, Ireland. can't can't wait for all the reports of how well they travel. We get it. You're going to fill the stadium anywhere the team goes because you got nothing else going on. That's fine. I don't know if I would brag about it quite as much as you do, but that's fine. Everybody's got their thing. So the earliest lines in this game were that I saw were Nebraska at like minus 12.5. I think they mostly moved out to 13, 14. Even considering how much of a public team the Huskers are, do you have to remember it's a team that went three and nine last year, but then so did Northwestern, and when they played head to head, Northwestern didn't belong on the same field, which was again the result well, that the, I think the, we should have seen the, more often. The Northwestern Nebraska game is the reason Nebraska finished with a positive point differential overall. Yes, despite losing every other nine game in conference games. play. Yeah, it nonetheless finishing with a close to even point differential because of how much they ran up against Northwestern. Um, for their part, Wildcats have not named a starting quarterback. Ryan Holinsky is the only guy who's played a whole lot of ball, but we pretty much know what he is, which is a bad Northwestern quarterback. So, isn't there any even, any indication to turn? We covered to, them a long time ago. I don't even remember who the hell else is even there. Well, considering that their first game is in Dublin, do you think they might be tempted to turn to Brendan Sullivan? <laughs> oh yes, I believe that Padraig Fitzgerald may have something up his sleeve. Yeah, so the redshirt freshman Sullivan is another possibility, as is Carl Richardson, a junior who's not played at all, and I'm sure is a real person and not just like a generated name from NCAA Football 14. <laughs> Goodness. Richardson, <laughs> under center. Yeah, I mean, we've, we've previewed both of these teams extensively in the offseason. From an X's and O's perspective, Nebraska is the far superior team. In addition to the quarterback and offensive issues for Northwestern, their entire defensive tackle room left in the offseason. They're replacing all those guys with somebody, we're sure. Some of them went to Illinois. Yeah, when it, again, we did it pretty early in the offseason because of how bad they were last year. 
But I couldn't find anybody on a depth chart for Northwestern at defensive tackle, at either defensive tackle spot. So it, they're rebuilding an extremely important part. Like, again, this is enough of a high-pressure season for Scott Frost. You're going to tell me that if he looks at Northwestern's defensive line group and is like, you know, why don't I just ram this down their throat with Ramir Johnson 25 times until they prove they can stop it? And when you compare surprising Northwestern season results, we're talking... The latest one was the uh, 2019 campaign going into 2020, and you saw they, 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 they didn't look as bad in 2019 as they did last year. They closed the season on a high note, and then they added one of the best free agent pickups that I've ever seen. A team whose problems seem to start and mostly precipitate from the quarterback position adds Peyton Ramsey. Well, yeah, you could convince me that they'd be better. 2013-14, they go 5-7. and seven, And suddenly, a lot of those guys are experienced. They, what, did they win 10 games in 2015? 9 or 10? Uh, 15, I can't say I remember back then. But they weren't that far away. And they, you know, they won the close games that they lost earlier. Um, I don't see that, like, I am a person who generally finds the pathway for the thing I least want to have happen, happen. <laughs> and considering that that's such a niche thing, which is Northwestern being good, um, should be easy for me to, you know, talk, kind of talk myself into that. Can't. Can't do it. I just can't do it. I'll take a stab. So, I think this is an offensive line that underperformed somewhat last year. I still think Peter Skaronski is a guy who has future first-round pick potential. Oh, that's potential. not debate. He was fantastic. Yeah, I, I, honestly, it was hard to individually evaluate guys because the, schematically the offense was such a mess. But if their offensive line is at least a little bit better than they were last year, they do get Cam Porter back off of a season-ending injury. He and Evan Hull, uh, Andrew Clare, Anthony Tyus III, they've got a group of running backs such that you could see them doing a Big Ten West offense, right? Well, not to mention, they've got a guy who can catch the shit out of a punt without fumbling it, and also, you know, is a much better blocker than his, you know, small, gritty, you know, gym rat type frame would lead you to believe he is in Donnie Navarro. He's at Northwestern now? Yeah. Are you serious? I didn't oh, know yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, he transferred to Northwestern and just, like, I don't know, I guess it makes sense. Again, you talk about... Talk about Talk about a guy that, like, you wouldn't think could block, could run block as well as he does because of what he looks like, but... Well, you know, all right, so adding Navarro, a decent complimentary piece to a receiver group that still has... A glue guy. Still has Bryce Kurtz, still has Malik Washington. But intellectual player. The tight end group isn't really anything special. Charlie Mangieri is fine as a red zone target. Yeah, it still all comes back to the fact that they've got to get something more out of the quarterback room than they've had in the past. I think at this point, they really know what they've got with Holinsky. Starting him after the season that they just had and that he just had and like his track record at Northwestern so far would really be a double bird in the air from Fitzgerald to the fans saying, no, I really do know better than you. Does that He's... seem out of character? No, that's entirely believable. And that's, again, it's two coaches who seem determined to spend more time convincing everyone how right they are instead of just doing the things that will make people think you're right. Well, yes. I mean, because I've even done a whole thing with the Northwestern cycle where one of the steps is, you know, fuck you. You think you know better than me? What, did you raise Northwestern out of obscurity? No, and neither did you, Pat Fitzgerald. Yeah, as it turned out, not in a sustainable way. Um, so we'll see. It'll be. It, it sounds like they're not going to make that announcement basically until kickoff. Like that's when we'll find out. That's fairly typical now. Like, I like Jim Harbaugh's not going to name a starter at Michigan. Um, if you know, Mich- last year Michigan State didn't reveal who their starter was ahead of the game. I think it was like the day of that it became. Known. I would have liked if so, Ryan Day answered the question with. Does it really matter? <laughs> <laughs> what? Who are you working for the NFL? You want to know when you can get this guy? Like, get out, get out of here. Well, I'm not what do you, you care? It doesn't, doesn't matter. He's going to light your team on fire He's either way. He's going to throw for 5,000 yards. <laughs> yeah. Well, the only reason he won't is because we're going to run the ball more. Yeah, good problem to have. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, Nebraska probably going to win. I, I believe I picked them to cover. But I don't I, – I somehow think this game will be closer because, again, like – 
I don't think Northwestern actually fell off that much of a cliff last year, but if if their quarterback play doesn't get somehow somewhat better, and the other thing, of course, is is was Jim no, O'Neill? They, they couldn't stop the run. Yeah, was Jim O'Neill just a one year problem, or have they suddenly ripped open their armor in the one spot that every team in the league yeah, wants to swing at? Because yeah, that's where I was going to disagree with you there in that that did look very different. Because they couldn't stop the run. That was extremely unlike even the Northwestern teams with poor records before last year. But they if, couldn't yeah. stop the run at all. But if I, count, if I could count on Pat Fitzgerald to actually productively address a problem with his roster, I know that's something he would care about getting right way more than picking a quarterback. Absolutely. So 100%. If they get, I mean, look, yeah, if, if they get back to... Trevor Simeon-ish production from the quarterback position. Oh, you mean NFL starter that threw for 3,000 yards in a season one time? Yeah. 3,000 yards in a season. Took that quiz on Sporkle. That was the only one I missed. Every (laughs) 3,000-yard passer ever. I couldn't believe it. (laughs) So now now you'll never forget. What, was fucking Drew Locke there that? What what was? Nope. (laughs) uh, Yeah. Anyway, we're not we were not exaggerating when we said there was nothing else on the slate for week zero in terms of NFL or NFL NCAA action. I mean, if you're in the NFL preseason, by all means, go ahead, you sickos. Okay, I went to an NFL playoff game last year. I feel pretty entitled to calling myself a big NFL fan. Um, I am. I, I'm at this point directing additional fantasy leagues. No, 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 no. Please do it on this time that I have additional fantasy drafts. So I'll be so I only have two different time slots in which I have to draft things. Even if I'm doing five drafts at once, it's like my my point is I do not watch preseason football. I do not know who does. I I literally cannot imagine watching preseason football or caring about the results or what they mean as far as wins and losses go. Uh the only thing I really care about is looking at the stat lines and seeing if, you know, there's dudes I remember doing well, seeing who signs Illinois players, how well they do, but like... Or a question of like, who's the fourth string running back on this very good offense that I'm, whose name I mean, need to be aware of. Yeah, I that's mean, pretty much it. I mean, David Bakhtiari was activated from the pup list, and, and then I just remember being like, they shouldn't have done that. That means he might get to play in preseason. <laughs> no, 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 no. You always watch for the annual preseason. I mean, God, ever since I saw Jordy Nelson go down in 15. But the other to, to, to anyone that thinks preseason football means a goddamn thing, I submit to you this. The 2008 Lions went 4-0. Yeah, yeah, Every yeah. single year. I uh, say this. I don't know who, who watches that shit. No. Other, other collegiate games... Vanderbilt at Hawaii, 10.30 p.m. kickoff. That could be, I'm not going to say interesting. It, it could, it's certainly a game. It'll keep you up if you're having trouble falling asleep. I would rather, like, watch the lens flare off of that Las Vegas Lights USL Championship Soccer first half game that kicks <laughs> off at, like, God. 10 yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And for, ha- for most of the first half, you, you, just, go, you, go, you go, yeah. the camera pans halfway down the field, and it's just a big lens flare. And apparently there's nothing they can do about it. That's what we were told is that, that's, yep, that's just what it is every game. There's not a fix. The league finds this acceptable for some reason. So, yeah, but again, same, t- I mean, the, the early time slot, it's either the new, new game or Austin P. Western Kentucky. A little bit more competition for Illinois again, UConn, Utah State. Like, other than that, it's... Oh, no. Other than that, it's God, mostly. Don't you wish Nick Rolovich would have just stayed in fucking Hawaii and kept his mouth shut. Yeah, and then nobody would have known he was no, weird because no, no, no. he would have been, been fucking fired from Hawaii too. Because had... Hawaii was way more strict about vaccines, but like they they wouldn't have let him in the state if he had left. So. Yeah, God, I like I don't want to imagine a timeline where he's like still cool, and I don't have to know things about it's him. It's pretty easy to just transfer the cool vibes from his period at Hawaii to Cole McDonald, though, right? Yeah, like, that's it's true. Pretty, that's true. pretty damn easy to just give the quarterback all the credit. But anyway, um, Florida State, North Carolina, those are kind of the other biggest teams in action, and they're both hosting... Um, I don't even know if Florida A&M is FCS. They might be Division no, two, are they? FCS. Yeah, I, I can't keep track. Um, North Texas at UTEP. Would have been interesting last year. I oh, know I'm thinking UTSA. UTEP hasn't been good in forever. Um, 
UTEP went to a bowl last year. It doesn't mean they were good. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> does that, does, did go to a bowl. Does that mean they were? Yeah, they they went to a bowl because they were out of bowl teams. They had to reach into the five win ranks. Um, but for UTEP. That's a hell of an accomplishment. The debut of the Jerry Kill New Mexico State Aggies could be of interest to both Wisconsin and Minnesota fans who will play in this non-conference. They host Nevada, 10 p.m. ESPN2. Um, couldn't tell you anything about either team other than that New Mexico State's probably going to be painfully boring to watch. They'll have one receiver and otherwise have 10 guys on the line of scrimmage. Um, but other than that, it's a very light slate. We're just, we just happen to have three Big Ten teams playing, so we felt it inappropriate not to comment about it. All right, it. so you know what? It's been very short, so I'm going to do some freestyle things because we have some freedom right now to talk about the Big Ten season. That we won't next week when we have to talk about actual games that are interesting and fun. We haven't gotten to 50 minutes to an hour and 15 yet, so we're going to fill it out. Here we go. It certainly feels like, like just like every year it's Ohio State's conference to lose. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the challenger is going to come from the East. I don't think that's up for debate. Yeah, probably so. Is there a Big Ten West team that you could see winning a game against Ohio State? if Whether or not it is the conference title game. <laughs> is there a scenario where you could see uh-huh. a Big Ten West team Doing the impossible and winning the conference championship. It's Nebraska. <laughs> it fucking is. I mean, I, you know what? They played Ohio State the closest of any team other than Michigan and Oregon last year. They only lost to them by nine points. They were in a one point or a one score game with every other team they lost to. They almost beat Oklahoma. The fact of the matter <laughs> is, Big Ten West ball is never going to beat Ohio State. And that's why the only, you've got yeah, that Iowa thing going. The on. only contenders are Nebraska and Purdue. I don't believe Purdue plays Ohio State in the regular season this year. And I um, don't know if Purdue's got what it takes to uh, no, Purdue's, beat the 8-4 yeah. team no, that Purdue's, wins yeah. the Big Ten West. Their, their problem, one, they can't beat Minnesota. Um, and two, there's always another team in difficult weather conditions. It's a, it's a trope, absolutely, but it's still a thing they haven't quite solved. Well, the, the thing is, though, by the time they get to difficult weather conditions, if they just dodge those bullets and the Saturdays happen to be the good ones... Their brand new wide receiver core core will have gelled. I mean, because losing Milton Wright was just such a such a gut shot. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week. You can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yes and no. I honestly think uh, I think he was set to be at best their number two anyway. I think Brock Thompson's going to be the man for them this year. It's going to be very interesting to see what they do with a couple of Iowa wide receivers yeah, who Iowa said, hell no, we are not wasting the last of our eligibility in this offense. Hell no, we want you to throw. Hell no, yeah. we want to see you throw. <laughs> yes, don't get me wrong. If they had Milton Wright, I, pre- I don't know if it would have changed my prediction for the division, but... You would certainly have to take Purdue. I mean, they would have been the best offense in the West and the best non-Ohio State. Well, Michigan. Well, and Purdue but, has a very experienced defensive front, but I'm interested to see what uh, Brad Lambert does with a group that doesn't have a singular threat like Karloftis. Right. Yeah, they'll need to generate pass rush and basically in more schematic and creative ways instead of just relying on a single guy to go and make the play himself. Uh, certainly true. I still think, again, I, the Marvin Grant transfer to Kansas when he's been a multi-year starter for Purdue is still... I just don't get it. I don't get it either. I, no, you know what? You know why I understand, don't you? Because they play Illinois last next yep. year, but I don't yep. know if he's going to be around. Because, this is already... I, because, uh, because Lance Leopold's going to end up having been the Pied Piper. And uh, I mean, they <laughs> picked up Kalon Gervin, who made a pit stop at Wisconsin and then transferred there. Unless I'm... I, Hold on. I'm going to look that up and make sure I'm not just making that up. I, well, in the meantime, I, I, I'm going to say, like, I, I hate to say it, but I agree. Nebraska, a team that I think yeah. is going to go 5-7 and seven while looking extremely good, is also probably the team that in a fight could would be most able to beat a Wisconsin. Or not a Wisconsin. Uh, not a Wisconsin, but an Ohio State or a Michigan or a Penn State. And Ohio State, yes. I was right, yeah. Kalen Gervin, 
who was the player to be named later from Michigan State when we got Jalen Berger from Wisconsin. Uh, they turned around and flipped him to Kansas for draft picks. I, I don't know how the transfer portal works, really. Uh, so, again, interesting choice, but a couple of, like, it is, yeah, I, honestly, like, there's a non-zero chance Lance Leipold will have Kansas off of the mat, at least, right in time to play Illinois next year. Sorry to be the one to tell you. Well, you you knew. I'm not I've telling you. I'm not telling you. For years, I'm not telling you anything I've you don't know. This for years, I bet if we went back through the archives and listened to the old film reels of Off Tackle Empire, we would find you predicting a generational season for Kansas in like 2017 for for next year. Yeah, 100 percent. Um, of course, we didn't get that shit for UConn. But right, UConn there's a, was actually so bad that they managed. There's to a defy limit. Yeah, there's a limit. The odds, although <laughs> they had a an Illinois team that, if I'm not mistaken, went to a bowl game on the ropes. Hmm. Yeah. Why we played a game at UConn, I'll never understand. But anyway, um, do you have any inkling of who the defensive player of the year will be? Because I think we can be reasonably assured that the Ohio State quarterback, who will probably be C.J. Stroud again, unless he gets beaten out by someone. He's the, <laughs> he's, he's the yeah, betting... Yeah, but Ryan Day wants us to think he might be. He's the betting favorite to win the Heisman. He's not going to get yes, beat yes, out by his own. you got to take Ryan Day's words at face value, because that's an open competition they got there. Uh-huh. Yeah, May yeah, the yeah. best man win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're that competitive here. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. If there was somebody... I mean, I don't know. I don't even know who I would... Put it second because it it does it really doesn't matter. Uh, for offensive player of the year behind Stroud, Sean Clifford would be a candidate if he's healthy. Aiden O'Connell is going to be a candidate. Well, and uh, Braylon, Braylon, Braylon Allen, Braylon if Allen, they can feed him yeah. enough carries, could get to second. Although feed him enough carries, the question is: is he going to be able to score enough touchdowns to overcome the fact that he's going to be seventy percent of Wisconsin's offense? Well, let's talk about defense. Do you think we'll have? A, a singular defensive threat that is going to... Yeah. Are we going to send somebody yeah. to New York in this conference? Oh, Probably not, no, because it won't, there won't be anybody from Michigan, Michigan or, Ohio, yeah, or, Ohio, or Ohio State who fits that bill. So, no, not, not as a Heisman finalist, but preseason notions for Conference Player of the Year, I would look at Jack Campbell out of Iowa. I would look at Nick Herbig from Wisconsin, a couple of linebackers who are going to fill the stat sheet. Herbig is more of a pass rusher. Campbell generally is more of a, a tackle everybody kind of machine terms, i'm sure i'm sure it was a bit padded against you know teams that didn't have as good of passing offenses as they thought they did but yeah. riley moss's start to last year was just Un- unbelievable unbelievable and then he got hurt i believe missed a couple weeks so that probably not yeah i mean you could put moss on that list perhaps Kayvon merriweather a few of the back seven guys from from iowa's defense because you know they're likely to get their hands out a couple of turnovers apiece Dark horse for me would be O'Shawn Mathis, the defensive end from TCU who went to Nebraska. Gives them a pure pass rusher, the likes of which they haven't... I mean, they've had good defensive linemen, but a pass rusher like him they've not had recently. Now, again, limited opportunities to grab sacks when you play in the Big Ten West. (laughs) Uh, But still, I think he's going to end up being the edge rusher that everybody in the league is aware of. Yeah, you know... Thinking about, I mean, again, if you think about Michigan, Junior Colson, I guess, is probably the guy who's going to have the stats. MSU, you could see Cal Halliday. Again, a lot of the middle linebackers are going to be your candidates. In terms of dominant edge rushers, though, it's you got to kind of think about it for a while. Um, the other guy that MSU has who could occupy a huge role right away would be Chris Bogle, the defensive end transfer from Florida. You know, kind of got passed by some other guys in the depth chart there, but former top 100 recruit. And again, he will uh, have the opportunities to rush the passer, especially if MSU's pass defense doesn't get any better. Oh, thinking elsewhere, to pretty much rule out anybody from Maryland or Rutgers, Indiana. There's Taiwan Mullen, but corners don't usually get that kind of honor because they don't have stats that reporters know how to measure. If you project from me, like, I've got an uncle who likes to talk about 
how he could run a 15-minute 5K back in the day by projecting like what his best estimation of his best mile time ever is. Not not an actual mile time, but like what he could do in the quarter once and then extrapolate that over 5K, right? So if I do that with the performance I saw out of Illinois linebacker C.J. Hart. Out of C.J. Hart, then he's, he's absolutely getting 200 tackles if, out when well, Buck is all that shit. Yeah. If Illinois wins eight games by for some goddamn reason... Um, uh, it's going to have to be a big part of it. Uh, and we'll get to a scenario in which Illinois wins eight games in a bit here, but okay. I want to look at, I don't know if you've got the, 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 the schedule tab open here, but I don't. in my predictions, which are, 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 I guess, a bit gloom and doom, and all of the, uh, in my estimation, bad guys win, and all the teams that it would be interesting if they were good, you know, fail... I still have the Big Ten showing out really well in the non-conference. I have them losing a total of one, two, three, um, four, five, six. I have them losing a total of only six non-conference games. And I think part of this is because there are a few games that are tough, and most of them are real tomato cans. Yeah, not that's... necessarily even by design. It just happened to line up there. There's a lot of MAC teams, but boy, we've got the very bottom. Like we don't have any of the real threats for the MAC. Yeah, so Ohio State plays Notre Dame. That uh, is they'll... actually one of the losses that I have. Yeah, they'll they'll be favored in that game, but Notre Dame is a, a true threat. Michigan doesn't play anyone interesting. Penn State plays Auburn. Just because losing at home to Notre Dame will make Ohio State mad enough to crush everybody on the rest of their schedule. Yeah, that'll be they'll lose to Notre Dame and then probably win the national title. So yeah, uh, Penn State plays Auburn. Michigan State plays Washington. Penn State plays Auburn, who is in disarray, by the way. Um, oh, but, Auburn is in a state of chaos. Whoever would have foreseen that? But on Twitter, that? I've still seen Auburn fans dunking on UCF fans for having Gus Malzahn as their coach. <laughs> well, hey, at least we don't have Brian Harson. Right. Uh, obviously, one of them that I have is Indiana at Cincinnati. I just. Uh, they can't possibly fall off enough to, you know, even Indiana could finish 8-4 and four and still lose at Cincinnati. Yeah, I mean, losing Desmond Ritter, though, that's that's one of those guys where it's like until you've shown that you can replace that guy, it's fair to estimate that they're going to struggle to find their, their way Their defense after was him. very good, though. It was good, but, they, I mean, Sauce Gardner was a top-five pick. I think they lost their other corner as well. Like, they they turned some guys over. Don't get don't don't get that twisted. Um but that being said, Indiana certainly has a lot more unresolved questions than Cincinnati does, yes. And I've got Rutgers losing to Boston College. Losing to Boston College. I, I guess, yeah. You're, I mean, it feels kind of like a toss-up. I give it to the home team um, because Boston College kind of showed a little more capability on offense. But They also get Phil Yurkovich back healthy. Oh, actually, you, well, how do you feel about Michigan State against a healthy Michael Penix, who will be the starter? I think they're going to lose. Really? Yeah, it's a Big Ten team going to the West Coast yeah, in September. They're going to lose. Uh, it is not going to Arizona State, but Wa- it is still. <laughs> Washington's a much more talented team than they showed on paper last year. Um, Kalen DeBoer is a much more capable coach than I think, well, I think he will prove himself to be than Jimmy Lake was. I'm being very generous when I say Maryland will beat SMU, aren't I? Probably so, yeah. SMU no longer has Sonny Dykes, but that's one of those things where still the got, remnants of that system are still there. They still They're got still they, set up to they, run. they still got Tanner Mordecai. So yeah, they still got yeah. <laughs> that the only thing that holds me back there is it's September Maryland. So well, that, that's that's basically why I have it because like right. they're not going to lose until they go to Michigan with hope in their hearts. And then Tungle by a low will break his collarbone in the first quarter, and they'll lose by seventy. You know what? Actually, what would be preferable is if he just threw seven interceptions. I'm sure Maryland yeah. fans would take that. Oh, yeah. I think you would. If you get through that game without Tungo Vailoa, Jared, or Demas getting hurt, I think you're happy. Brennan Armstrong didn't transfer, so we're losing to Virginia. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, mean I know they lost yeah. their coach. I know they lost... Uh, it's still... It's just, like, it's just like... Deontay Thompson, right? Yeah, I think... I don't remember. I, I don't know. There's some huge Mississippi State transfer that was a huge receiver, but they, they didn't lose anywhere near enough talent to not shred our back seven. Uh, I think Iowa will win El Asico again because they just, it, it just, that's just what they do. It, <laughs> it's really like, it's not as, it's not, it's like, imagine if 
it, imagine if the Harlem Globetrotters, the fun team, always lost. <laughs> well, That's <laughs> Iowa State versus <laughs> Iowa in this matchup. Well, recently, yes. I mean, recently, uh, yes. Paul Rhodes, it was definitely... Je- it, yeah. But I'm talking specifically, though, about the, uh, about the Campbell era. Right. It's also kind of comparable to how... I think I'm borrowing maybe from a full cast or someone else here when we talk about Bedlam. It's like, oh man, it's crazy. I think it happened. Oklahoma could win by a little or Oklahoma could win by a lot. Like, or Bob Stoops <laughs> could make one of those coaching decisions that like, I still remember because of how rare and bad it is and game losing it was. Like, that's the third possibility, but that's an emergency. That happened like... That happened the that one time. That's why once, I remember so. it. Um, like, you know, they play Nevada... I saw that big old ostrich of a quarterback. He is ass, my dude. Uh, Minnesota is going to come as close as they can to losing without actually doing it. I don't think Nebraska will beat Oklahoma on the road. If God, if they had only switched that where they had it, where they had it uh, on the road last year, just took the L by probably more than they would have. But then had. And Oklahoma still finding themselves a little bit. Yeah. Keep in mind, though. If you want to no, wait, they are at home. What am I talking about? Yeah, I was going to say, I thought the game was at yeah, home last right. year. And, and the other thing is, I, I don't know that Oklahoma is necessarily going to come out of the gates firing. Uh, they lost all of their offensive weapons from last year. I know they brought new guys in to replace them. Not the same level of the guys that went to USC. So, Absolutely, but... Oklahoma's backups, if you look at how Oklahoma's been recruiting versus Nebraska, as good as Nebraska's been, Nebraska's been recruiting about as well as Oklahoma's second string. Because um, Oklahoma's been at and around that blue chip threshold. If you say so. It was close last year, and I think Oklahoma's considerably worse. It, they, yeah, that, that's certainly true, but let's remember. Whenever you think Scott Frost can't possibly do it again, there he is. Well, this isn't a game that I would apply that to, though, because Oklahoma is going to be favored on paper. Northwestern, <clears throat> when they beat Duke, I'll believe that shit when I see it. <laughs> yeah, uh, we as as MN Wildcat said, it's it's basically it's kind of like a seasonal, like a passing of the seasons thing, right? Like calendar turns to September, leaves start to change. Northwestern loses to Duke. <laughs> now that's how we know it's time for the harvest. So. And I'm not particularly concerned about any other... I mean, you know, Northwestern, I guess, should probably be worried about everybody based on last year. And Indiana, I do not think they will lose at home to Western Kentucky, but they certainly could. I have a hard time believing Western Kentucky's offense is going to be as potent as it was with Bailey Zappi. Um, Mitchell Tinsley also moved on. He's at Penn State now. And I believe Jareth Stearns is off to the NFL as well. So... The three things that made that offense go last year are all gone. I believe the coach is still in place, but rebuilding basically an entire offense that you imported from a lower level and plugged in successfully at Western Kentucky. I don't know if that's the thing that they're going to be able to do right away in year two. We'll see. But probably not going to be as much of a threat as they were last year. Now, do you have a pick for, very briefly, do you have a pick for Coach of the Year? Coach of the Year in the Big Ten, if I'm sick, <laughs> I'm going to stick with my, <laughs> I'm going to stick with my yep. Nebraska to win the yep, West. You've got and that it would, all in the parlay. That would mean that Scott Frost is going to be the runaway because, Coach yeah, of the Year. Because, yeah, the other thing is, if Nebraska wins the Big Ten West, Scott Frost absolutely will be Coach of the Year because... It'll be a, a six-game improvement at least. Yep. So. <laughs> so, yeah. Currently, Off Tackle Empire overall has um, has Wisconsin as the favorite in the West, mm-hmm. which is kind of the default position no matter what year yeah. it is, and Ohio State in the East, which is kind of the default position no matter what year it is. Yeah. Um, uh, let's see. So then... Oh my goodness! You haven't submitted your predict- your predictions yet. I don't. I never do. Well, you're absolutely the worst. Um, but let's talk about yeah. So first place, you've obviously picked Nebraska, and I assume Ohio State. Mm-hmm. I believe I probably picked Wisconsin to come out of the eight and four try. Uh, you know. Did you, so did you actually submit your picks in such a way that everyone lands at eight and four? I didn't submit my picks that way, but I. 
did make another schedule of that. <laughs> um, you you made a you voted twice and made a second secret ballot where I, yeah. yeah okay <laughs> I, in in the east I, I I have I have Indiana finishing last and I hate to say it I certainly hope for all the things but like I I really. I'm an Illinois fan. You know I tend to not bank on hope. Indiana's got mm. the most to prove as far as the gap between what they've shown and what I think, you know, what their, their theoretical ceiling is. They've got the least... Uh, maybe. I, I would the say... The baseline of Rutgers' defense is higher than theirs, in my opinion. No. Disagree. Really? Completely. Di- then Indiana's defense? Yeah, totally disagree. Um, and the baseline of Rutgers' offense is... Certainly lower than Indiana's. Um, yeah, no, I, I totally disagree. I mean, I've got it very close. <laughs> the other thing to remember is Rutgers is trying to rebuild their entire offensive line through the transfer portal, which is yeah, not something that, that any not something that a team has succeeded. They could have as many as four starters coming in via transfer. Uh, they have yet to fully settle their quarterback situation. Everyone just assumes, well, at some point it'll be the time and Wimsat will take over and the coaches will definitely get that right. And if they fuck it up, you've ruined both players for the entire season. So yeah. good luck with that. They have no weapons. Um, they're they're fucking Alderaan, man. Like they're mostly so just get, they're is, mostly just gonna get blown up. So is Rutgers your pick for last in the Big Ten East with a bullet? Yeah, I think they would be. Yeah. Um, do you think Indiana gets to six? I'll have to pull up their schedule. Let's take a look. Because that is such an interesting thing. They they had such a swift fall from grace, hmm. and they've got. I mean, they just got to rebuild everything about that offense. Yeah, and I'm, so I I'm, think they'll do better than I'm maybe giving them credit for. Obviously, Purdue's a crossover. Their non-con is the same. That's you got it. They have to get to two. And, they have to get to two and one in the non-con. If they beat Western Kentucky and Idaho, if you assume they lose to Cincinnati. Oh, boy. I really do believe, for reasons I've stated, that they're going to lose to Illinois because they're going to be breaking in a completely new offense while Illinois has a game under their belt of game reps. Yeah. and If it were later in the season, I might not feel that way, but just where it is really feels like Illinois has an opportunity. Yeah, I don't, I don't think Indiana's getting to six with this schedule, man. Look at that November. Penn State. That, yeah, that's absolutely Penn brutal. State at Ohio State at Michigan State versus Purdue. And if that's, they could and that's, get one of those, it's hard to see where they would get the rest for it. Right. Well, because keep in mind, so that's their November. Earlier in the season, they have a three-game stretch of at Cincinnati, at Nebraska, and home against Michigan. <laughs> and that so the only chance they really have is some of that Scott Frost magic. Some of Scott Frost magic. Yeah, like, I, I wouldn't rule them out beating Cincinnati. They weren't a game with the Bearcats until McFadden got ejected last year. And I do think Cincinnati is going to take something of a step back. Um, but yeah, Indiana has a lot of unresolved questions on offense. There's no question about that. I think Basilak probably gives them a higher level of play than any well than any non-healthy Penix quarterback that they would have had. What in team the program. in the East do you think has a wider range of outcomes? Because I think the widest range of outcomes Michigan State is between two: is Michigan State or Indiana. Widest range of outcomes, I would say, is probably between Michigan State and Maryland. Um, oh. Maryland has the weapons to be as good as any team in the conference. What they don't have is a running game or a defense. So <laughs> those are pretty big pieces of a team to be missing. But the ceiling with Jarrett, Demas, adding Jacob Copeland, um, and Tungo Bailoa, they could theoretically score the points to keep up with anyone. Um, and then as far as Michigan State goes, so much of their offense last year was predicated on Kenneth Walker being what he is. There's not a one-for-one replacement for him on the roster. You would hope that the offensive line gets better. The two transfers they added give you 75% of what Walker was and that the passing game improves enough. It was good last year, but you would hope that it moves forward even further. But it's such a it's such an unresolved issue if they're ever going to be able to stop the pass. The moves they made in the offseason really strongly suggest the coaching staff thinks it's all about the pass rush because they only brought in one defensive back transfer to the worst pass defense in the country. There's enough capable defensive back coaches on that staff that I think for the time being, I kind of have to shrug and trust them in their assessment that these guys can do what they need them to do in the back end and that it's mostly just about speeding up the quarterback on the front now. 
I don't know if that's going to happen or not. I could see them being anything from a six or seven win team up to ten. Well, and obvious, obviously, there is no question who the most volatile team in the West is going to be. Because I really think the Nebraska Cornhuskers have a much lower floor than their talent should suggest that they have. Apparently so, yeah. I mean, we learned that last year. And look, I, even, I understand perfectly well. The, the tea leaves are starting to... Adrian Martinez... What about him? Played through a oh, broken with a broken jaw, jaw with, Holy with rubber shit. with rubber bands holding that his mouth shut. Yeah, unbelievable. Honestly, I don't know how nobody noticed. Like, that how does he call? Is, how does he bark a cadence with a broken jaw? That is an incredible performance. It is really incredible to me that he's kind of no longer with the team, and I wonder how that happened. How that all worked out? Oh, I don't know. I because God damn, to give that much. Yeah. I hope he look. I hope he has a great season at Kansas State. I, I, I hope he's. I, I hope he's. A, so much. I hope he's that. able to prove. Look, this wasn't me, guys. I did I'd what I could. I'd love to see him have some success because, <clears throat> man, so for that to come yeah. out this late. So many of the plays that he made that would make you groan were trying to get that extra inch or yard to help his team win the game, and it just like so many of those times, like it's like I, I can't believe he fumbled again there, man, but. Yeah, one certainly sympathizes and obviously hope all the best for him in his uh, swan song at K-State. So the deal is with Nebraska, though, is that I do think they could win the Big Ten West, but I think that the best chance they have is if we is if the Big Ten West really peaks in Big Ten West and they come out on top because, see, I have them losing to Northwestern at the start of the year. Would but be a problem. <laughs> then, well, no, I don't even know if this scenario results in that. But then let's say that they win their next six games. Okay, so now they're six and one, but they lose their next three after a bye week and they just make an adjustment that doesn't work. They weren't prepared for Illinois to run an out and even front again. Um, <laughs> they just barely lose at Michigan, but then they beat Wisconsin. They go and win on the road at Iowa to finish with eight wins. Okay, now see Iowa has also gotten off to a hot can talk start. To you, can you talk about the Hawkeyes stuff? I'm dying to talk to you about now, the Hawkeyes course, all day. Of course, see they've won. They've won their first six games. They couldn't hang with Ohio State, but of course they beat Northwestern. But then, then there's like an injury and things. You know, Purdue owns them as is tradition. Wisconsin's been great against them. They they give one up to Minnesota somehow, and of course lose to Nebraska. They're eight and five, or they're in eight and four. Hawkeye tradition. Minnesota's also eight and four. After they've gotten off to an eight and one start, um, losing at Michigan State, but they lose to Northwestern, which would be just just hysterical. <laughs> they lose their last three games, finish with eight wins. That's pretty big Ten West. They got Wisconsin. They're three and zero, but then they get so thoroughly pasted at Ohio State that they not only lose at home to Illinois, but then they go to Northwestern, and those ghosts will not go away. They lose. On some god awful call, Northwestern wins. Wisconsin rebounds, grounds and pounds, losing only to Nebraska to finish the season with eight wins. But of course, you can't forget about Purdue. Now Purdue has started four zero. They've beaten Penn State in this shootout, but then they lost at Minnesota because they just can't beat PJ Fleck. Maryland, uh, which is kind of similar to Purdue. Uh, beats them in a shootout. They're part of Nebraska's resurgence, and of course, they, they, they've never been great against Wisconsin. But they win their last four. Now they're eight and four, right? This is the Big Ten West. Illinois, they beat Wisconsin, like I said, and they're five and zero before dropping home games to Iowa and Minnesota. They beat Nebraska, they beat Michigan State, lose to Purdue, lose at Michigan, but wallop Northwestern. They finish with eight wins. You, you guys keep listening. I'm going to back out of the room slowly. <laughs> now, here's the thing, though. Northwestern, their win against Nebraska is such a big emotional springboard that they do the impossible and beat the Duke Blue Devils. They even beat Southern Illinois. But then they also win at Penn State. I think everybody can appreciate that. That's pretty funny. They beat Wisconsin, waking up some bizarre ghosts, like I've said. Then they win at Maryland. They kind of run out of steam, losing four of their last five. Of course, they can't. They don't belong in the same field as Illinois. Um, but they win eight games. 
So now you've got the entire Big Ten West at eight and four. Now, the first tiebreaker is your conference record, but they're all five and four in Big Ten play, all right? So how's that work out? Now, you gotta select your, your, your winner here. Now you go to head-to-head -head against the teams that you're tied with, but they're all three and three against the teams in their division. So now you go to the next tiebreaker, which is wins against the Big Ten East since, uh, well, I, th I think actually the next tiebreaker might be um, win-loss record against the common opponents, which I think I figured this out before, but I think that they would probably skip that one and go to uh, total opponents in the non-divisional games. Total opponents record in the non-divisional games, which means Iowa and Northwestern would tie for the division, having played the teams with the best records, in my prediction anyway. I mean, my prediction for the East could be wrong. So then, Iowa, by winning the head-to-head, -head, would advance the conference title game, unless a bunch of different things happen, and you had every Big Ten East team finish with only four conference wins, and then... That seventh tiebreaker is moot for the Big Ten West, and then you pick the Big Ten West winner at random. You lost your mind. You lost your goddamn mind, Steve. <laughs> Big Ten football. Big Ten football. Big Ten football is not about winning nine games. It's not about winning ten games. It's about going eight and four and hitting the under. Source for Big Ten Talk, it's Off Tackle Empire!